Hello. How you guys doing this morning? It's Thursday morning. It's Thursday morning mean. Live stream from the abode of the damn studios. The home of Meet the Geeks, the home of Corey Taves, and he had some issues finding some quiet time. Um, to actually record, well, not quiet time, find somewhere he's not going to wake up the kids. Um, so I am actually doing this right now and I'm going to try to follow his format. So what's going on with the geeks, the Sean geek, the meet the geeks, the new home page. We're going to be rebranding. We're going to make it. So that's the big news, actually. We're going to do a rebranding. And we're going to decide on Sunday. We have the entire crew getting together on Sunday. All of them crew. Read into that what you like, as you will. But we are bringing a long-lost co-host back to the show on Sunday. I'm really excited about it. And with the four of us in-house, we are going to be discussing the rebranding name. Not of the Sean Geek Podcast, and not of Meet the Geeks. No, we're talking about the apparent name for the entire organization. Organization, that just sounds so weird. Anyway, um, we're going to have those discussions on Sunday to finalize. We've been, over the last two weeks, talking about... Uh, a better umbrella name for the group, uh, the home of the Sean Geek Podcast, and the home of Meet the Geeks. So, what does that mean? I don't know. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, we'll be tweeting, we'll be sharing, we'll be doing everything we can to let everybody know with the new name. So that's that. Uh, the Sunday episode we're doing, we've been trying to do these a bit more frequently, but we're going to be in studio. And uh, we've got a whole bunch of topics to talk about. There's been a lot of stuff that's happened over the last two, maybe three weeks, uh, post-KeyCon season, I guess. A um, lot of very, very interesting things, and we're going to cover those topics on Sunday. Now, here is your unique opportunity. Do you have questions for the geeks? Is there a couple of topics you want to talk about? Is there something that's on your mind that you'd like us to cover? Now's your chance, man. If you're listening to this episode right now, this week, as of, uh, what's the date? 13th? We're going into the studio this Sunday. Uh, it's 13, 14, 15, 16. 16th to 16th, sounds like. 16th or 17th. I don't have a calendar in front of me because I'm driving. So we're going to uh, hash out some stuff, talk about some stuff. If you've got stuff you want us to talk about, message us on the Facebook page at The Real Meet the Geeks. Or you can contact um, you can contact us on Twitter. Yeah, I, I don't have my um, I don't have my show notes in front of me. Twitter, uh, Sean Geek. Uh, on Twitter, Sean Geek Podcast, on Instagram. We're also on Reddit. We're also on um, Tumblr. 
um, basically everywhere. You can find us. If you look for Sean Geek Podcast, it might be your easiest way to find us because there is only one Sean Geek out there. Um, drop a line, drop a link, say, hey, you know what would be fun to talk about? Or if you're interested in playing a game of incorrect headlines, I'm hoping we can fit that into the show on Sunday. Uh, and incorrect headlines is the uh, the it's the game we play where someone plucks a headline. We do not read the article of the headline. We do not do any research into it. We simply comment on it based on the title of the headline, with hopefully humorous, funny stuff. So, anyway, um, what else is going on? Well, I think I might have brought this up before. Um, I, I know Corey's been working on some art, and he's been pretty cryptic and quiet about it. So I, I think you guys should uh, poke the bear, as they say, and let uh, Uncle Corey know that uh, when are we going to see some new Meet the Geeks? I've seen some of the artwork, and he's hinted at some of the artwork, and damn it. It's good. It's good. I, I, I know roughly where the storyline is going, so I'm really excited to see the continuation of the Meet the Geeks uh, comic. Like, I mean, it's, it's good stuff. Um, I will... Uh, what else? Uh, oh, yeah, so what I've, so that's what Uncle uh, Corey's been working on. I, I, think, I think Corey Geek's pretty good for a moniker for the dude, but I'm also thinking Uncle Corey's pretty damn good too. Unless it sounds too creepy. Uncle Corey's not creepy. He's huggy. You want to hug him? Um, so what I've been doing on, working on in the interim, um, other than being a, uh, a social media dude, I've been spending a lot of time just getting that stuff down and trying to make sure that we're spreading the word, uh, I'm reaching out to various uh, important people out there that might be able to uh, have some love for the geeks, do lots of sharing, and I don't mean sharing, so that's really bad. Um, what I've been working on every morning, I've been getting up every morning an hour before uh, wake up, wakey, wakey, wakey time, taking a uh, Page out of uh, Uncle Corey's. I'm gonna keep calling you that, buddy. Uncle Corey's um, a book which he's been getting up early to work on artwork. Uh, I've been getting up early to work on some words. So I've been working on the the novel, which I've mentioned a few times in the last few episodes, I guess, and getting the editing down. I think I've pretty close to crushing the 70% mark uh, of the book for editing, which is an impressive feat. For me, anyway, it is. Um, this is the... I don't even know how, how, how many edits I've done. I know I've done, personally, I've done three for sure, probably four. I did hire a professional come in. Special shout-out to Larry Lewin. Uh, to do a uh, an edit on it, which he did a great job, like a really great job. Actually, really opened up my eyes to the editing process and 
uh, tightening up my words. Um, so this, so after that, that's either four, he would have done the fourth, the third, sorry, the fourth edit. So means I'm either doing my fifth edit now or my sixth edit, depending on how good my math is. So I'm 70%, almost 70% through that, which is really exciting, actually. Um, the story's changed a few times. Not changed, but I've done little improvements, a um, little bit more character development. There's a couple of characters that were really flat in the first draft. That uh, I needed some fleshing out. So I've been doing that. Um, right now, the part of the book that I'm working on is a lot of technical stuff. Um, remember, kids, when you're writing a book and you're going to talk about something in it that is foreign to the reader or likely foreign to the reader, if you're talking about how magic works in your world, or if you're talking about how um, uh, how a particular gun works, I guess, maybe, I don't know. Um, or if you want to explain uh, the architecture to a building, you can't, you can't half, you can't half-ass your way through it. You really need to have a point of reference when you're talking about that thing. Um, uh, an example might be if you have a scene in your book that's in the Metropolitan Museum or the, uh, uh, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll go with that. Have you ever been there? Okay, was it once? Was it twice? Was it never? Pull up your research. Wikipedia, uh, Google, like whatever. Find as many photo references as you can so when you're describing uh, things in it, you're not making stuff up. You can make stuff up, but if you're talking about something that does already exist and is already out there, you want to be sure that you're taking the reader with you. And when your characters in the book are going into that museum, that they're going into that museum with you. Uh, you want them to be able to um, see but also feel what's in there. Um, there might be a sense of awe. There might be a, a, an, an odd smell, the smell of, uh, I don't know, the smell of, um, I don't know. See, I've never been to the Metropolitan Museum, but th there's going to be certain aspects that affect more than one of your senses, and you're going to want to insert that into the scene. Now, do you need to write two pages on on it? If the scene is primarily about your character going through the museum on his way to something else, you don't need to dedicate two pages to the museum. But as your character is going through, you can you can um, I, I say use the salt the, the salt shaker effect, where you're going to salt a little bit of the words with the surroundings. He, so, for example, he walks through the ornately carved doors that, with the symbol of a lion's head on it, or something. And you you wanna you wanna give some details of it so they know 
where they are, what's going on. Um, basically, to get, uh, give a, a sense of of where they are, make them feel like they're there. So that's what I've been working on. Uh, I've hit well. I've hit a, a certain part of the book where I'm really getting into technical things. I'm actually getting into. Um, I don't. I don't want to spoil anything because it's kind of a key part of the book. But uh, when you're going through a, a harrowing part of the book and there's a lot of regulation in law that is required at this point and how those things work. So I've, I've spent probably four days on two chapters, or no longer, four writing sessions on two chapters. And uh, there's one section I, I pretty much had to rewrite how this character this character is a professional something I'm not going to tell you what he's a professional something and I had a false interpretation of the uh, technical aspect of that person's job and I wrote the chapter around this missed assumption with this missed assumption this wrong assumption so the character in my head was acting in character but he was actually acting completely out of character so I had to write rewrite the character's motivations, what he says, how he acts, how he reacts to the people around him. Um, and I, I went from making the character be uh, kind of freaking out and having a bit of an episode to being calm, cool, and collected, which gives by changing it that way, you give more gravitas to this character. It was, it was just a just just get a walk on roll, for, for lack of a better word. Um, he's not really he, he's there for a specific function in the plot, but I decided to, to give him a little bit of character because I wanted him to not just be the guy doing the job. I wanted him to have history with the other characters, or at least with one of the other characters, and. Um, gives a bit more weight. So that's what I was really going for. So anyway, it, 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 it takes a lot of work. And that's the thing. When you're working on your book or your poem or whatever it is you're working on, um, it's nice to write a story that goes from point A to point B through point C and ending in point D or, or whatever. And that's, you know, that that's all in good. That is the, the through line of the story. But the thing that'll make your story stand out is providing um, more than that. Don't, you know, when you're telling a story, it's not just about telling the story. It's about taking your character on, on a journey. It's not the man walked up to the door, the man opened the door, the man went in the house, the man went to his couch. No, it's, it was a sunny day outside. The sun was bearing down on Jack. He was sweating a little. He couldn't wait to get inside the house. He approached the door, pulled out his keys, and unlocked the intricate locking system. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just ripping here. He opens the door, and he's... And the air hits him like a wave. The coolness overtakes him, and suddenly he feels relief. Something like that. 
you know, he's not just going into the house. Explain why he's going into the house. Explain, you know, explain that shit. You know, like, there's motivation. Why is he going into the house? Why would he go into the house? Why is he outside? What is the reasoning for his departure from the outside to the inside? Think of all those things. You don't need to necessarily say all those things, but if you develop a history, in a, or more specifically a background to the event that's happening in your head, when you write about it, it's going to be a bit more eloquent and uh, a bit more colored. Uh, it's going to have some some great depth to what you're doing. So, um, really, that's kind of what that's what I'm doing now. Is they're in? How much can I give away? How much do I want to? How much do I want to spoil kids? Um, he is going into a particular vehicle. And he is, um, he's going into a vehicle that is not a vehicle that any of us would normally be in. It's a bit different. And I knew nothing about this vehicle. I knew what the vehicle could do. It goes from A to B and it gets the characters from A to B. But I didn't do any research into what vehicle they were in. And because, uh, uh, a number of scenes happen in that vehicle. It just sounds. It, I could be describing them being in a room. I could describe them. It, you know, there, there's no. You don't really know where they are. Like, are they in a room? Are they in the forest? Are they on a street? You know, are they in a car? Are they on a motorbike? Are they in a plane? Like, there's, there's no. It all. I, I use a word to describe the thing they're in. And I kind of left it at that. So I, I added depth and color. And I actually did research. And like, well, what this place they're in? Which place would it be? I actually specified the place they are in. And by having that specificity, well, there's a good word, uh, to it, um, it, allowed, it allowed the reader, I'm hoping, it allows the reader to actually go into that thing with them. And be a part, like almost be a bystander, be one. There's many people going into this thing. And, you know, you're one of those people going in with them. You know, that's that's what it, that's what it, I want it to feel like. Oh, there's a big backlog here in traffic. Yes, that's right. We're live on the road. Um, so, remember... Detail's important. Now, you can also go the other way and go too far the other way where there's so much detail. It might be it might be one scene, um, literally, the guy going from outside to, to hit inside his house, and you can describe it the way I did. Or you can take two pages to describe it. The, the birds were singing. The flowers were out. It was the 5th of May. It had been a long day for him. A long day outside, the grass was green, cars were buzzing by. He walked up the driveway. It was a cobblestone driveway. There was two stones out of place. Like you don't want to go to that level of detail. You want to tell your story. You want to transition that scene to the next scene in an efficient way. Not too much detail. Now, on the other hand, if 
the entire story takes place in that house, or more particularly that entrance. And the story is always about coming in and coming out of the house. And maybe you open every chapter with him coming in or going out of the house. You know, here's a suggestion. You're going to go into more detail. Maybe not on the first time it happens. Well, maybe on the first time it happens, you can provide some good detail. But then you pepper in more specifics. Um, You know, uh, as he put the key into the keyhole, he noticed the stucco on the side of the, ho- of the house was falling apart. It was something he would need to fix at some point. If only he had the time. You know, just like little pepperings like that. And actually, that would be a really interesting concept for a book, uh, for a, uh, a method of delivery for the book to have a, a book that starts at the doorway. You're either coming in, going out, welcoming people in, welcoming, you know, uh, shooing people out. Um, pick your scene and if your scene is going to be repeated throughout the book you know look it up if it's your front door take lots of pictures yes you've seen that front door a million times yes you've gone through it a million times but maybe you're missing some of the finer detail of it take a bunch of pictures have those pictures posted I use Scrivener so you can have two, two panes open and one pane could be a picture of the you know, a series of pictures of that front door. Um, and then, uh, you know, and if it's not your front door, whose front door is it? Get pictures. Get reference. Get a picture of the street that leads up to the door. Get a picture of the, of the lawn, the front lawn, or the front, you know, whatever it is. Whatever you got going on there. Maybe it, there, it's, it's very wooded, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's got, you know, lots of gravel there, or maybe... It's got this intricate bonsai garden in the front. You know, work out work out those details, but use real live shots, the real live pictures of it, and use that as your point of reference. Like, give yourself a point of reference, and trust me, the writing will come a lot easier. If you're trying to invent the, the front door to this house, and you're starting with nothing, I mean, you can invent it from scratch. Hey, go nuts. But... Give yourself a, a reference, uh, and, and not necessarily verbally. Draw a picture of the front door. Draw every intricate detail of that. Use 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 a visual to describe for your description. Yeah, that's what I got to say. So I've actually arrived at my destination. I ran a little longer than I wanted to, but those are the updates going on in the world of the geeks. So I am going to say. Uh, have a great Thursday. Just trying to find a parking spot here because I'm actually late for work. That means I'm going to have to park on the far side of the world. And, oh, how about that? Get the park next to a victory. I don't know what that is. Okay, anyway, see you guys on the flip side. Ciao.